Thank you, Lord. In Isaiah 51, the, the Lord spoke through the prophet and asked the question of his people. He said, Who art thou that thou should be afraid? You see, we've got to remember whose we are. Now, one psalmist wrote that in what time I'm afraid, I'll trust in him. I, I do that because I know who I belong to. So who, who am I that I should be afraid of, of this world, of anything in it, of any man, when I know that God is on my side? Do you remember whose you are? So I know who he is, okay, but do you know who you are? You're his. I belong to him. And the psalmist said in Psalm 3, I will not be afraid of ten thousands of people that have set themselves against me round about. Arise, O Lord, and save me, O my God. You see, I will not be, I'm not worried about the, the odds. Hard to, hard to even see one person in the middle of ten thousands of people. He said, I, I could be so surrounded and lost and wrapped up by my situation that nobody can even see where I am. But that don't scare me because I got a God. So who are you, mountain? So tell your problem. Who are you, mountain? Your problem your problem's not a mountain, it's a molehill. But we're a mountain. The Lord said, they that trust in the Lord shall be like Mount Zion, which shall not be removed. God said, you're the mountain. You're the strong one. You're the one that's going to endure. You're the one that will stand because you trust in me. Anybody trust him today? Give him a hand clap and a shout of praise. God's doing some great things. God's healing, delivering, restoring in this house today. I sure am glad about it today. Praise God. You've been standing for a while. I'll let you be seated this morning for, just while I read and get into my message. All of it just, it's just like icing on the cake. Everything's, it's just, it's just like layers. The, the singing worship everything that's been said so far the songs that they picked today that they you know uh, I, I'm amazed a lot of times as I am searching for what to, to speak on and I, I come in here on Sunday mornings and and I hear them begin to practice and all their songs just start lining up with you know the message and I'm like and we don't talk about that you can ask my wife she she's finally just stopped asking what are you preaching about because <laughs> Most of the time I don't know until I get here, so I couldn't tell her anyway. But most of the time I just say, I'm going to preach about Jesus. But I tell you, he's good. If you don't know him, you should. And if you don't know he loves you, best life going. He's your hope and your help today. In the book of Mark, uh, 
wonderful chapter, Mark chapter 5, a, a great uh, chapter of healing and blessing, deliverance from the Lord through situations that have seemed impossible to the individual. And in Mark 5, in verse 22, it says, And behold, there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, Jairus by name. And when he saw him, he fell down at his feet. Well, if you've, if you've read his scripture at all, you know already what an incredible feat this is for this man to have done this. Because if you were a ruler in the synagogue, you didn't want anybody to know that you were talking to Jesus. You don't want nobody to know that you thought he could do anything because they'll put you out. You'll lose your rulership. You'll lose your place. And they, they didn't like him. The Pharisees didn't like him. And so you, you didn't tell people. That's why Nicodemus came to him by night so nobody would know about it. He had to sneak. But this guy, he just runs to him in the middle of the day, finds him, falls down. Uh, in front of him because he had a reason. Something was pushing him. He besought him greatly saying, My little daughter lieth at the point of death. If you read this account in Luke, it will tell you it's his only daughter. This was his only child. I pray thee come and lay your hands on her so she can be healed and that she shall live. And Jesus went with him and much people followed him and thronged him. Now in a moment I'm going to start at verse 35. But in between verses 25 to 34. We find another miracle in the making. A woman who had an issue of blood for 12 years. Presses her way through the crowd. She had said within herself. If I could just touch the hem of his garment. I will be made whole. She had spent everything she had with the doctors. It had not got better. But only gotten worse. And in the middle of this crowd. That were hanging on to him and touching him and pressing on him, she somehow finds her way to the hem of his garment, touches him, virtue leaves him, and she is immediately healed and made whole, and he realizes this and turns to see if anybody will fess up to what they've done. And so when she knew it was known, she, she fell down before him, told him all the truth, and he said, Daughter, thy faith has made made you whole, go in peace and be whole of your plague. And as soon as he gets through pronouncing this great blessing, in verse 35, it says, While he yet spake, there came from the ruler, Jairus, of his house, of the synagogue, and they said, Your daughter is dead. Why are you troubling the master any further? As soon as Jesus heard the word was spoken, he said unto the ruler of the synagogue, Be not afraid, only believe. And he suffered no man to follow him save Peter and James and John, the brother of James. And he comes to the house of the ruler of the synagogue. And he sees the tumult and them that wept and he and wailed greatly. And when he was come in, he said, Why do you make this ado and weep? The damsel is not dead but sleepeth. They laughed him to scorn, but when he put them all out, he took the father and mother of the damsel, them that were with him, entered in where the damsel was lying. He took the damsel by the hand, stood unto her to lift the kuma, which is interpreted damsel, I say unto thee, arise. Straightway the damsel arose and walked, for she was of the age of twelve years. And they were astonished with a great astonishment. I just love it when Jesus blows your mind. Don't ever think that Jesus can't outdo whatever you're thinking. Yeah. Don't ever think that... Jesus is going to come up short when it's time for the miracle. When the chips are down, Jesus is going to come through. 
He charged her straightly. No man know it and commanded that they should uh, be that they should give her something to eat. And so, I want to go back to verse twenty-two or twenty-three, twenty-four. Yeah, there we are. <laughs> In verse twenty-four, as we started out and preach a little while on this thought, and Jesus went with him, and Jesus went. With him. Let's pray for the lesson this morning. Lord, we love you today and thank you for your goodness and mercy. Thank you for what you're doing in this house already, for the faith that has risen up in this place today, God. We believe in signs and wonders and miracles and blessings, lives being changed today because only you can do what you can do. We love you. Bless now the preaching of your word. Help us to receive it in Jesus' name. And everyone said amen. Now give him a hand clap and shout of praise. The Lord's good. And Jesus went with him. So let's just put this narrative into a very generic thing and apply it to our life. You have a need. But does your need push you to the point that you'll seek Jesus? See, this one woman had tried doctors for 12 years, spent everything she had, Jesus had been on the scene for a little bit, but for 12 years, she was doing everything she knew to do, but didn't get better. She only got worse, but one day she realized that if I can just touch Jesus, there was something that motivated her for this miracle, and Jairus, being the ruler that he was and the place of position of power that he had and his standing in the community was ready to forsake all of that and give that up and may actually have lost that. It's not recorded. I don't know what action was ever taken against him after that point. But I do know that he said, I have one daughter and she is sick and dying. And there ain't a position around worth me losing her over. I'm going to find Jesus. Come to my house. Heal her. so she. I know she's dying. I need you to heal her so she will stay alive. He did not say come and raise her from the dead he fully expected to get back and see a healing he had a need he sought the Lord he's doing everything he knows to do it looks like everything's going to be all right we're headed in the right direction but then here comes that negative report and you find yourself saying now what now what do I do but if you ever want to answer to that question if you want an answer when your situation, when your now what do I do moment arises, you're going to have to settle this in your heart, in your mind, that God is faithful. Whatever just transpired to make you say, now what do I do, you cannot forget that God is faithful. No matter what you find in the mailbox, no matter what gets left on your voicemail, no matter what they tell you at the doctor's office, whatever made you say, now what do I do? You cannot forget that God is faithful. No matter how desperate or bad it seems, you cannot forget that God is faithful or you will never survive your now what do I do moment. Deuteronomy 7 and 9 says, Know therefore 
This is something that you need to know. This is not something that you want to uh, bypass or forget. Know, therefore, that the Lord, thy God, he is God. He is the faithful God. He's not just God sitting up there looking and not doing nothing. He's not just God sitting up there waiting to kick people out or slap them down or correct them when they're wrong, but he is the faithful God. Your God is faithful. Come on, tell your neighbor, your God is faithful. It doesn't matter what you're going through. It doesn't change his faithfulness. It doesn't matter how bad the day has been. It does not change his faithfulness. It doesn't matter how lost you feel. It does not matter, Lazarus, how low you're going. Or if you even are dead, your God is faithful. God's still going to come through. God's going to always do what's right for his people. God will take care of his own. God's faithful. Paul said in 2 Thessalonians 3 and 3, But the Lord is faithful who shall establish you and keep you from evil. He didn't say that you wouldn't have heartache. He didn't say you wouldn't have trials and tests. He said he will keep you from evil. He's going to keep, he can keep you from when you're described as evil. In the scriptures, you're different than, than he wants you to be. He said, I can keep you from changing who you are. You ever seen a situation change somebody? You ever had seen somebody go through something and it changed them? But I've seen God's people go through things and they stay the same. You'll, oh, you'll grow. You'll mature. It'll affect you. But when it's all said and done, you'll be saying, blessed be the name of the Lord. I serve a faithful God. I'm still his child. He's still my God. He's still my king. I'm telling you that God can keep you from changing. I don't want anything I go through to make me not his. I want to stay his. I want to keep him in here. I want to keep him with me. There is no circumstance where he won't be there. You can't go you may not feel him, but he's there. You may not know where to find him, but he's there. Job said, I have looked in every direction, frontwards, backwards, left and right. I cannot perceive God, but I do know that he knows the way that I take. That he is not taking his eyes off of me. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open to their prayers. I do know that God is still watching and listening no matter where I find myself. And so when we read this story about Jairus, how he has come with a need. He's motivated because his daughter is about to die. She's sick. He doesn't care what nobody else thinks. He's going with her. He's, he, he, he's, he knows something's got to happen. But what makes this whole story possible is when we go back to verse 24. And Jesus went with him. Now, here's the thing. Jesus was not shocked when somebody ran up and said, your daughter's dead. Jesus went with Jairus knowing that she would be dead before they got there. Well, how do you know that? Because he knows everything. You think he was caught off guard by that? 
when Jairus came and said, heal my daughter, Jesus knew in his mind already. She'll be dead when we get there. But he don't need to hear that right now. Or you need to thank God that he don't tell you all the bad stuff right up front. I'll tell you, when uh, Lazarus was dying, he told his disciples, he said, Lazarus is asleep because he didn't want to lay it all on them, but they kept saying, well, if he's sleeping, let's don't go wake him up. Don't bother him. He's, take, he's doing good if he sleeps. He said, look, Lazarus is dead. He already knew it. He knew that when they got there, Lazarus would be gone. But that didn't stop him because he knew what he could do when he got there. And so when uh, Jesus goes with him, when it says Jesus went with him, Jesus went knowing the whole story. Listen, the road of miracles and the road of heartache are one. The path to his house was a pathway to a miracle, but it was also a pathway that suffered heartache. The path and the road of miracles and heartache are one, but they are never walked alone. Jesus goes with you. Don't try finding another path just because you hit a bump. Don't try finding another path just because it broke your heart. You keep walking the path because Jesus goes with you and he knows when we get to where we're going, I'm going to do a miracle. But you've got to trust me. You've got to believe that I can do it. It's not different. I'm getting off this path. Listen, when we started walking with Jesus, if we said, hey, every time I got a little bumpy, we said, I'm changing changing roads, we'd be lost because he ain't getting off the road. He ain't going to get off the path he's walking. He's going to walk the path he knows. And we said we would follow him, take up the cross and follow me is what he said. Jesus knew a miracle was coming, but it would come after some heartache. It would come after some devastation. He went with him because alone Jairus could not bear it. If he had been by himself when they came to him, if Jesus had said, look, just go on, I'll catch you up later, I'll be there in a day or two, whatever, you know, I, did, you know, I can do it for Lazarus, I can do it for her, and he gets this news that she's dead, I'm thinking already that this comes right after the woman with the issue of blood is healed. Now, maybe Jairus was a little aggravated because he was like, hey, let's get to my house. Or maybe he was excited because he saw this woman healed and he thought, I knew I made the right decision in coming to Jesus. This is great. I just watched him heal her. He's going to get there and heal my daughter. Man, she's been sick 12 years. My daughter's just 12 years old. He's going to heal my daughter, take care of it. It's going to be great. And as soon as Jesus says, go your way, you're whole, you're better, get out of here. Your faith is done good. Just, hey, go and live your life. Your daughter's dead. What? Your daughter's dead. She died. That's why we're here. She died this morning. We came to find you because no sense in bothering Jesus anymore. See, a lot of people think that once that, you know, that they, got, they, they just know what you need to do. Just quit. Just give up. Just, hey, so you've been going to church, got some trouble. Looks like Jesus ain't doing nothing, so why don't you just leave Jesus alone? But as soon as Jesus heard it, I, I don't know, I, I, I cannot think that this man is just going, interesting. My daughter's dead. What do you want to do, Jesus? If somebody came and told me my child was dead, 
I'm going to be screaming. I'm going to be falling down. And that day when they got news like that, they would fall down. They would tear their clothing. They would throw dust on their head. And, and I, I just imagine that this guy probably fell to his knees and is weeping and wailing. And somewhere in the middle of his grief, he hears, don't be afraid. Only believe. Are we still doing this, Jairus? You came to me. I'm going with you because I know what I can do. Jesus knew already that she would be dead when he got there. He knew already that she would be growing cold by the time he got there. But he said, I'm going to go with you because there ain't nothing I can't do. There ain't nothing too hard for the Lord. Come on, somebody. There ain't nothing that he can't do. Jairus uh, was grieved. And, and maybe he thought, uh, you know, if, if he had been alone, he couldn't bear it. You know, the scripture says that with every temptation, the Lord makes a way of escape that we're able to bear it. I'm going to tell you what that way of escape is. If you need to escape out of a room, the best way would be a door. Well, Jesus is the door. The name of the Lord is a strong tower that we run into. You know how you go in? The Bible says you must enter in through the door. (laughs) I'm telling you, that way of escape is him. You know why I can bear it? Because of him. You know why I can make it through? Because of him. It ain't because he he provided some magic sword or some magic shield or anything like that. It's because of him. And you know why Jairus kept walking to his house? Because of him. Because Jesus had a word, a word so powerful, a word so true, a word so strong. Don't be afraid. Only believe. And something happened inside that man where he got up. I'm sure tears still falling, but he just maybe nodded. Maybe he just hugged Jesus and said, okay, whatever you say, let's just go. And they kept walking. Listen, Jesus had plans that did not include Jairus losing out. And Jesus has plans for you that do not include you losing out. Oh, one of our most favorite verses, Jeremiah 29, 11. Come on. For I know the thoughts that I think toward you, saith the Lord. Do you know what he was thinking about, Jairus? And then thinking about that little 12-year-old girl before he, ever, before he ever faced that direction, he was already thinking, I'm going to go do a miracle, and they're going to be astonished. I'm not just going to go heal. I'm going to go resurrect. I'm going to bring her back to life. It's going to blow. I can do exceeding abundantly above whatever they ask or think. He said, I know the thoughts I think toward you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace, not of evil, to give you an expected end. Jairus didn't turn around and say, why did you say you, why didn't you, why didn't you just speak the word there if she was going to already die? Because I know what I'm going to do. You need to start seeing you the way Jesus sees you, that he, that he thinks good things for you. When all hell's breaking loose in your life, it ain't God. That ain't God trying to discourage you, trying to bust you up, trying to break you down. You're going to make it through that because he's with you. And Jesus went with him. The only reason we get to the end of the story is because Jesus went with him. Philippians 1 and 6, when we read Jeremiah 29 11, we should remember Philippians 1 and 6 being confident of this very thing. 
that he which has begun a good work in you will perform it until the day of Jesus Christ. If I started walking with you, Jairus, I'm going to keep walking with you. If I said I'll go, I'll go. From the time that Jairus left his home to get Jesus, he was headed toward a miracle. From the time that you lifted your voice to pray and seek God, you're headed toward your miracle. Hello. Listen, there'll be slowdowns and there'll be stops all along the way, but you're still moving forward. There was such a crowd that he actually stopped and turned. Oh, what? you facing the wrong way, Jesus. I got this, Jairus. Hang on. Sometimes we want to tell the Lord, you're looking the wrong way. I see everything anywhere. It doesn't matter. Why are you stopping that? Look, I came here before she come pushing through the crowd. Listen, don't let other people getting their miracles upset you or get you jealous. Listen, she didn't get Jairus' miracle. She got her miracle. (laughs) Ain't nobody stealing your miracle. She's not better than Jairus because she got healed. Listen, is somebody going to be thinking of that about Jairus? Hey, I'm waiting on him too. I wish you'd hurry up at Jairus' house and you'd come on to my place. Don't let somebody rejoice with them that rejoice. Celebrate their victory knowing that you headed to yours too. I, I came all this way to get him and he's healing people all along the way. That's fine. Maybe it would just encourage you or strengthen you and make you realize that he's still doing great things. God is not a respecter of persons. He didn't love her no more than he loved Jairus or his daughter. I'm headed there, man. I'm coming. Don't worry. I had, I'm not going uh, to forget you. I know why I started walking this way. And then when bad news comes and that now what moment arrives, you just remember Jesus went with you. He's walking with you. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. It's interesting that, and I've never preached these two scriptures together, but when we started in verse 22 it says, and behold there cometh one of the rulers of the synagogue, he came to Jesus. And Hebrews said, for he that cometh to God must believe that he is. He came to Jesus because he believed he could heal his daughter. He came to Jesus because he believed that he could take care of this situation. And he said, he's a rewarder. That's a must. You must believe. That's the must that makes the miracle. You, you must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek after him. And when everyone else had accepted the circumstances, she's dead. When everybody else stops believing, you must keep going. Don't let uh, the, the priority of public opinion stop you from believing God. From walking your walk for having faith. Don't let nobody talk you out of doing what's right. Sticking close to Jesus. There's an old Shakespearean quote says to be or not to be. That is the question. I think for us it is to believe 
or not to believe? That is the question. Because that's going to determine whether we get our miracle. Because he that cometh to God must first believe that he is God. I can't please him without it. Listen. You and Jesus got to get on the same page. Or it don't never work. We've got to get on the same page with him. Listen, Jesus went with him, but he never had any intentions of attending a funeral. He didn't bring flowers, and he didn't bring a bucket of chicken, and he didn't bring no cake. He wasn't bringing food for the family. He said, I'm coming for a miracle. I got no intentions of burying this child, but I'm going to raise her from the dead. Before this day's over, she'll be playing in the yard again. I'm going to do a miracle. You and Jesus, me and Jesus, us and Jesus, we got to get on the same page. He has no intention of us being defeated by a lesser enemy. For greater is he that's in you than he that is in the world. There ain't no weapon formed against you that can prosper. Come on, somebody help me. I have never seen the righteous forsaken. I have seen him sick. I have seen him broke down. I have seen him in heartache. I have seen him in every situation imaginable. But I have never seen him forsaken. I have never seen him reduced to begging. You don't have to beg God. I know we do sometimes, but you don't have to beg God. God said, I don't know. God changed people from beggars. He don't make beggars out of people. He changes people from begging. People that beg ain't got nothing, but we always got something. I don't have to beg God. He said, just ask, and it shall be given. Seek, and you shall find. Knock, and it'll be opened. I've already given you all power over all the power of the enemy. Come on. God's going to be there. He's going to take care of you. You don't have to beg. And so you, you may find yourself in a number of situations, but you'll never find yourself without him. He goes with you in every situation. He was going to work a miracle. The people gave up, but Jesus didn't give up. People give up, but Jesus never gives up. And and. In verse 36, where he, where as soon as he heard the word that was spoken, Jesus, listen, for whatever word try, that tries to stop you, there's always another word to keep you going. Stop receiving the words that stop you. And listen for the word that keeps you moving. As soon as he heard, don't bother Jesus anymore, he said, mm, be not afraid, only believe in other words, are we still doing this, Jairus? You going to keep holding on? I'm still here. If you believed I could do it a mile up the road, do you not still believe I can do it now? If you believed he could do it when you first started out, and it's 5, 10, 15, 20, 50 years later, do you not still believe he can do it? Have you walked so many miles with Jesus that you think he's out of gas and he can't help you no more? Every time something comes up, he's going, are we going to do this? Are we going to do this? Are we going to see another miracle? Are we going to see it happen? Or are you giving up this time? I'm not giving up. He never fails. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Come on, we've been singing it this morning. We've been shouting to it this morning, but we've got to get it in here. 
Do you believe it today that if I wait upon the Lord, I shall renew my strength? I'm going to run and not get weary. I'm going to walk and I'm not going to faint. Let me tell you, I'm not going down. I'm going to keep going forward. Ooh, you've heard some negative stuff, Jairus, but remember why you came to me. You came to me because you believed. You came to me because you believed. Hebrews 10 and 23 says, Let us hold fast the profession of our faith without wavering. For he is faithful that promised. If I said I'll go with you, I'll go. And when I get there, I'll do what only I can do. We've got to have faith in God. One of my favorite scriptures is Psalm 118 and 17. I shall not die, but live. This ain't going to kill me. You didn't make that up. This ain't going to kill me. Oh, it feels like it will. Woo, this is the straw that broke the camel's back. I can't take, mm, yes, you can. I'll I'll tell you, now you might be visiting, but you listen up. I tell these people around here, don't ever say, I can't take it. Yes, you can. Oh, yes, you can. If you believe the Bible, you can. Because Jesus always makes a way that you're able to bear it. He is faithful that has promised. Hold on to the profession of your faith. When you're doing good and you're like, man, I can cast mountains into the sea. Don't lose that faith when you get down in the valley. Don't lose that faith when you get bad news. You hold fast the profession of your faith without wavering because he is faithful. That has promised. I shall, I shall not die. I, he didn't say, I, uh, well, I might not die. He said, I shall not die. Now listen, this man knows, like any man knows, that our, that our days are numbered. That our life is but a vapor that appears a little while. He, he's not just talking about natural life. He's talking about my faith in him. This, this spiritual man, this man that's serving God, this man that serves God ain't going to die. The one serving, there, there, there's a part that lives on forever. Though the outward man perish, the inward man's renewed daily. We're going to be changed in the moment, a twinkling of an eye. Something's going to live forever. <laughs> I shall not die but live, and I'm going to uh, declare. Put that back up for me. See, it's Psalm 118. Let's, let's, but live and declare the works of the Lord. <laughs> I'm not just going to live and nothing happening. I'm not just going to live in obscurity. But my life is going to be full of Jesus doing things. My life is going to be so full. I'm going to be like John at the end of his book said, Man, if I tried to tell you everything that Jesus has done for me, even the books of the world couldn't contain it. I can't remember everything that Jesus has done for me. But let me tell you, I can, I can sum it up like this. He is faithful. He has never left me or forsaken me. He sticks closer than a brother. Come on, somebody. He said, I'll be with you even until the end of the world. When it feels like it's the end of your world, guess who you got with you? Jesus. Yeah. It may be like, well, this is the end of my world. Be all right. Be content with such things as you have. For he has said, I will never leave you or forsake you. Oh, what a difference this story, an ending this story has simply because Jesus went with him. What a difference a lot of our stories have. Could have ended a lot different, but 
what what a story, what a life. Think about how things turned out because Jesus went with me, because Jesus never left me. I'm still here today. I'm still serving God. I'm still doing the things I ought to be doing because Jesus went with me. I'm trying to hurry, folks. I'm, I'm trying to hurry. Listen, I, I have two things you need to remember. No matter how bad it gets, remember this. Number one, you have a God. Say it. Number one, you have a God. Number two, see number one. That's it. You have a God. That's it. That's all, all I got to say right there. So when it gets bad, I have a God. Number two, oh, see number one. Don't ever forget that you have a God. It will get you through. People will question you, your faith, and your God. But you know he's with you. And if he's with you, that means your answer is with you. He said, there is no height or depth that you can go to and escape me. I will be there. Paul said in Romans chapter 8, honey, you need to start heading this way. Uh, Or whichever honey's playing. Romans 8 and 35, very familiar to us, but Paul said, who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress, persecution, famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword. As it is written, for thy sake we are killed all the day long. We are accounted as sheep for the slaughter. Nay, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him that loved us. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other creature shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Mm. We have a connection with God that circumstances cannot destroy. You hear what I'm saying? We have a connection with the Creator, with the Savior. That no matter that this list of things can encompass everything we go through, there is no power. There's nothing present or nothing that's going to come your way. That's why I, I know I can face tomorrow. If we make it to tomorrow, I'll be all right because there's nothing coming that can separate me from Him. I have a connection that my circumstances cannot destroy. The Hebrew boys found that out. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they found that out. When they would not bow down to the image that the king had made, and they refused to worship this idol. No, we're, we're only going to worship our God. And they threw him into that fiery furnace, but when the king looked, there were four walking around loose in the fire because Jesus went with them. They came out of the furnace because Jesus went with them. The Lord was with them. He's faithful. Fiery furnace can't break the connection that I have with my people. When they put Daniel in that den of lions and he spent the night with a den of lions. Hey, they was hungry. And I'll tell you why. The next morning, Daniel's fine. They pulled him out. Then they threw all the cats in there. They tried to get Daniel in trouble. And it said that they ripped them apart. They was waiting on something, but they knew we can't touch him. Can't touch him. There's something going on in him we can't get to. 2 Timothy 4, 16. Stand with me this morning. 
2 Timothy 4 and 16 and 17, Paul said this, At my first answer, no man stood with me. But all men forsook me. And I pray, God, that it may not be laid to their charge. But even though everybody left me, notwithstanding, the Lord stood with me and He strengthened me that by me the preaching might be fully known and that all Gentiles might hear. See, Paul had a purpose and God said, I'm going to preserve your purpose. He said, and I was delivered out of the mouth of the lion. Now, whether that means that he pulled him out of a out of a arena where the lion was at, or whether he's talking about that roaring lion that goeth about seeking whom he may devour. Natural lion or spiritual lion, God can bring you out. He said, and I was delivered. Everybody else left, but guess who didn't leave? The Lord stood with me. Listen. When they got to Jairus' house, why are you crying and carrying on? She's just sleeping. She's not dead. And they laughed at Jesus. Laughed him to scorn. You know what it said he did? He put them out. Let me tell you how to deal with people that don't share your vision of victory. Put them out. Hey, if they don't want to believe that Jesus can, Jesus can fix you, put them out. If they don't want to believe that Jesus can help you, put them out. Negative voices won't do nothing but stop, stop what's going on. Put them out. He put them out, walked in the room. Daughter, I say unto thee, arise. And guess what happened? Twelve-year-old, I don't know how long she'd been dead, popped them eyes open, set up. He said, here's your daughter. Give her something to eat. Always wondered about that. Does being dead make you hungry? I always thought about it like this. That a miracle is no good. It won't last if you don't feed it. As miraculous as resurrection was, she was still going to have to eat or she's going to die again. When Jesus works in your life, don't walk away and say, oh, well, I ain't got to do nothing now. Because you'll find yourself weak again. Feed that miracle. When Jesus brings you back to life, you keep praying, you keep reading, you keep going to church, you keep doing what you're supposed to be doing, you stay with Him. Because you don't want to find yourself dying again. Folks, this altar is open today. I want to remind you that the Lord is with you. Whatever you're going through, whatever you're walking to, why don't you walk into this altar this morning, walk to your miracle. Let God heal you, bless you, deliver you. Whatever it is today, He's with you and He'll do it.